back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. This episode marks our brand new short form interview series, checking in with as we catch up with Carlo Starr, Cleena Nishay. This episode was recorded a number of months ago and Cleena at the time was seven weeks post tearing her ACL. The Carlo ladies footballer details the highs and lows of the initial injury. I hope you enjoy. Hi Cleena, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. No problem, thanks a million for having me. You had a fantastic year last year and I suppose International Women's Day was the week before this. Uh, so in honour of that, who were your role models growing up? Um, my role models growing up, uh, it was a good few of them. Um, definitely I remember um, going to see Sinead Ahern play for Dublin. I remember that All-Ireland final that they won. Um, I think it was against Tyrone and she scored, she scored two or three goals that day. So she was always someone that I looked up to um, growing up. And then, of course, like back then there wasn't much, well, not that I'm that old, but like, wasn't as much uh, publicity for the women's. I always went to all the matches that I could, but uh, I would have watched a lot of the men's and I would have always had um, kind of like Colin Nagooch Cooper. I kind of would have always watched him. Brilliant. Very good. Sinead, I think, is uh, turning back the clock. She hasn't really aged much, has she, since <laughs> no, um, the Tyrone no. game? <laughs> She's only gotten better since then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there any particular player, I know you looked up to those two, obviously, as a as a forward, but is there any particular player you feel like you've modelled your game around? Is it those two, or have you just kind of picked uh, different different elements off different players? Um, Yeah, probably picked different elements off different players. I probably learned the most kind of from my coaches and from the girls around me, kind of the older girls in the club. And stuff like that. I wouldn't say there's any player. I would have watched um Louise Neverhertig, who plays for Kerry. I go and she actually knows my cousin, so I've met her a good few times. Um, and I would have always like locked up to her and tried to like score as much as she could. <laughs> and she's another one. She's. I think she's nearly underrated in the ladies' game. I just think people don't realize how much of a talent she is. And I I love watching Louise. I just think she's so yeah. Else, I, mean, like... I used to always go watch their games. Um, because I like we. My, she lives right beside my cousin so I would have been mad into that yeah she's so good <laughs> yeah yeah serious talent who would have brought you down to your first training session who got you involved in Gaelic football um well my dad probably like my whole family like my mom is as well very into Gaelic football but um my brother I have an older brother he's three years older than me and him and my dad would have been out playing like the whole time growing up so then I just wanted to go out and the competitive side I wanted to be better than him and all that so it was yeah, my dad would have been bringing me down but my mom's hugely involved in the club now as well you played a bit of soccer as well growing up when did when did you start playing with I presume the same time as Gaelic football or was it a little bit later then um yeah I'd say it was the same time yeah because we I just would have joined the local soccer club which my parents were quite involved with as well um I think my dad trained me under seven um yeah so I was, I was very into soccer I only gave gave up soccer kind of in first year college it was just kind of too much with the traveling okay yeah that's totally fair how did you manage to balance both sports at, at the underage level, being involved in Carlo, having soccer, having skills, social life? There's so much going on. I think there's a lot of pressure on kids, even if you're playing up age groups in the two sports. How did you balance everything in terms of time management, injury ma- injury prevention? Yeah, it was very tough, especially because I'm from Carlo, obviously a small county. So they, if you're a girl that plays sport, they want you to play everything in every age group. And, you know, you could be playing under 12, under 14, under 16, all this. Probably like at the time, probably had a good few arguments with my parents, but to be honest, like they they were so good. They would never let me do too much, which at the time I obviously felt like I was able because you're 11 years old and you're invincible. But I was a, I would have played everything I could have. But, you know, they kind of restricted me and said maybe only one age group up 
um, in club, or one age group up. Um, I never really played above my age group in county um, because I was playing soccer as well. And then I would have played one age group up with club. And that was hard because I could see my, say my friends were playing up as well. And I was like, wanted to and felt bad. You feel like you're letting people down, but I like credit to my parents. I like un until now hadn't had any serious injuries. So it was definitely um, very helpful. When you get to that underage level, you're obviously enjoying sports. That's why we play. But at what point does hard work come into both sports and kind of realise, you know, kind of showing up to training for where for where I want to go and what I want to achieve probably isn't enough. I need to do things outside of training here as as in team training. Um. Yeah, it actually happened. Well, like that realisation would have come a lot sooner in soccer because I started playing um soccer for a club in Dublin. Um, for P-Mount and you know you're coming from Carlo where it's maybe one of three girls my age that played soccer so obviously I thought it was brilliant and then you go up and you see loads of other girls who've been playing and training their whole lives and it was it was a wake-up call and it was kind of from then on that I would have worked a lot on my own game myself but until then I, I was only I was playing just with the team and stuff so that was it would have been 10 or 11 in soccer then and um, I probably was a bit older before I realised like there was a lot more I had to do um, behind the scenes, like not that team training wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. In terms of Gaelic football, you take freeze. At what stage did you start taking freeze? What age were you and how often would you practice um, those freeze, particularly at a kind of the younger age where you're trying to develop a routine, see what works for you? I probably didn't think about it too much until... I was well into secondary school. So when I was younger, so I played with the boys um, growing up. And then when I went over to play with the girls, I was one of the few that had played before. So I probably just took the freeze. I don't, I can't really remember that much, but it wouldn't have been until I was in about third, maybe second or third year in secondary school that I was like, okay, this is something I want to be good at. So I went and started practicing and I would have gone, I went to the um, GA club with my little brother. We used to go and have comp like free taking competitions um, for hours so it's kind of then that I realized like it's not something like even if you are you know good at kicking naturally you actually do have to go practice and it's a lot mentally as well just practicing the same routine over and over again. Do you think we nearly complicate free taking I, I maybe do it too much even on the podcast I ask people a lot of questions about free taking and it's like as simple as you say you just kind of get used to it get into your routine and stick it over the bar. Yeah it's not something I would think about too often I'd like I would go and practice but I'm practicing kicking from play as well. I wouldn't say that I'm going just because I take the freeze. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What did you obviously when this is when you're not injured? But is there any particular pitch routine is in your practice? Do you any do you follow any particular drills when you go practicing? Just for any of the younger no, players not, that might be listening. Not really. I would always say to go with someone. Like if my brother can't go, I go with a friend. It's it's so much more enjoyable having someone to go with. Um, I usually just we'd make a competition out of it. Try. Um, well, like with your right foot first we could take like three from the right hand side three from the middle three from the left and then go again with your left foot I'd always everything I do on my right I do on my left even though I would I've never taken a fruit with my left foot but um, just kind of just to practice because like, you can kick a free you can kick from play you know it's always going to benefit you in every way totally what do you think separates you as a player from the rest of the competition obviously last year was phenomenal you did phenomenal scoring record for the for the championship season in five games but what do you think separates you from a player aside from maybe your scoring um, I don't know that's a good question um well I like to think that I'm like even though obviously 
what people see is that I score but that I'm I'd be quite unselfish like I'd never try to do it myself I'd bring up like try to bring all the girls into the game as well as much as they bring me into the game do you know what I mean do you find much of a crossover between soccer and, and Gaelic and obviously when you're kicking obviously there's going to be a huge crossover there but do you find skill wise or tactically is there just something that you can kind of attribute soccer to your ability on the Gaelic football pitch um I'd say definitely tactically like you learn so much more playing soccer like we would have done a stat session every week you know and they've the the tactics board up and stuff like that and it's it's probably like I would think about tactics more or even just be used to getting that feedback constantly whereas we wouldn't have gotten that very often in Gaelic football um with Carlo now we are this year there's been a huge increase in the kind of the stats side of it and the tactics side of it but um, I'd say there were girls for years that hadn't really done much tactics or stuff like that. So soccer really prepares you for that. And kind of you're used to taking that information on board. It's not just to get out on the pitch and do whatever feels right. You know, you have a plan and stuff like that. So definitely a lot of that in soccer, which I would say has helped me definitely um, with Gaelic football. When you're watching any games, there's always these, I always laugh on Twitter, it's someone tweeted during last season, it was like, I'm watching a bloody basketball game or this is just pure soccer. What Do you oh, ever find yeah. when you're watching a Gaelic football match there, it's like, this is really tactically, like this is something maybe I've seen in soccer, or if you're watching a basketball uh, game, you'll see all backdoor cuts, yeah, Ma- male or female? The, the men's game seems to have gone very much that way, but it's a lot, a lot less in the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't be as much, I don't think. Maybe no. this year with I was watching um, Meath and Dublin in the league, and they had these. They definitely had some sort of the pair of them were up to something on the kickouts. They both had a uh, lot of. I think it wasn't maybe soccer, it wasn't maybe basketball. There was a lot of tactics going on in that yeah. those kickouts. Who would you at the moment? Obviously, you're injured, but is there any particular player you love watching in the game at the moment in ladies football or men? Um, yeah, well, I love watching. I, I'd watch as like as many games as I could. Um, I love watching Amy Mack, and I think she's phenomenal. Like she, some of the scores she gets, like are brilliant. And um, what's been the best advice you've received from a player or coach over your career? What would be? Is there anything kind of stand out for you? Um, best advice. I'm not sure about that. I I had a coach. I remember. Um, I think it was when I was 15 or 16, and I had just come up to to play on the senior team for my club, and um, like I was coming up having played every age group and you know usually trying to do way too much myself and he uh he kind of uh bullied that out of me <laughs> at the time and was like you know you're this is senior now you're not going to be able to do it all yourself and I see it even with other girls coming up who've um you know kind of been um the main players underage and they come up and they get kind of lost at senior because you tr- you're like you think you're gonna have so much time on the ball and try to do too much and um he de- I changed my game so much after that and that was definitely the best bit of coaching I had gotten. Okay. Who was your toughest opponent kind of coming up to the senior panel? Was there anyone that just kind of stood stood out or maybe trying to welcome you into senior football? Um oh I don't know now. Um the club uh at the time um there was no no I probably wasn't that clued in at the time to who I was playing against I wouldn't be thinking about it just go put the jersey on and play yeah is that your mentality even up to last year where you know you're just kind of going in not like you don't care that's the wrong word but it's kind of like yeah I'm just going to do my job here I don't really doesn't really matter who I'm marking I'm just going to go for goal or go for score and, and set up my yeah. teammates as well yeah definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't really be thinking too much. like obviously I'm thinking about it but uh, I would just 
just be a normal day the day before I wouldn't be I I don't really get nervous before games at all so are you superstitious at all no not really I like I do eat the same thing but that's more because I think it agrees with my body like I, I wouldn't bother me if I couldn't do you know what I mean I wouldn't no I wouldn't really be superstitious yeah you had nine nine goals 19 points in five championship games um that is ridiculous can you just give a bit of a not explanation but what's that like going in I think that I don't, I don't my maths isn't good enough to average it you might you might be quicker than me but that's a serious score on tally in five championship games yeah I don't know I didn't really like didn't really realize it was happening until I think it was after the the Limerick match or something that was up on Facebook or something I wasn't even aware of it and um, I'd never even after a game I usually wouldn't even remember what I'd scored it's not something I it's not something I would say after a game whether I thought I played well or not. It wouldn't be based on what I've scored. Obviously, that is a good indication, but it, like it wouldn't bother me if I didn't score in a game as long as the team had done well. So yeah, it was, it was just a bit. It was a bit surreal when it all was happening. I didn't really realised what was going on. Out of interest, then, what would you measure? Um, to like, how would you define a, a successful performance then if you don't base it on scoring? Um, well, it was more so I would say I like that it wouldn't be the sole thing I would base it on, but um, I just like getting on the ball enough and then not give like making sure that every time I've gotten the ball that something good has come from it that I haven't lost it or there hasn't been a turnover, and um, would be the main thing I would base my game off. Very good. Obviously, last year um you were knocked out in the beaten by Antrim. What do you think is the biggest change that's been with the management the new management coming in this year you mentioned the tactics um what's what's kind of been that biggest shift so far do you think um the training is brilliant like it's brought us to a whole new level you know it's it's the kind of the the fact that what we're doing in training is what we want to implement in matches and there's a clear you can see that what's happening in training and will benefit us in matches and when it happens in the match like you can see the benefit for us and um, that would be the main thing. We've got purpose. There's purpose in everything we do. And um, yeah, so it's it's very good. Um, what would be the most underrated skill, do you think, in the game at the moment? Is there anything that, you know, players or coaches are not really looking at that you think is very important? Um, well, kicking, I would say. Like, there's a lot of girls that are, like, playing at such a high level and kind of wouldn't be that comfortable kicking the ball a long distance, I think, you know. Um, sometimes women's football, like if you're fit and you know you can hop the ball or catch the ball, it's grand. But um, I would say kicking is very underrated sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I had Hannah Terrell on, and she was saying, or was it Kira Trant? I can't remember. One of them was definitely saying about kind of the instep. You don't. You, there's, a, there's so much punt kicking in in ladies football. Yeah, nearly everyone punt kicks it, and that's such a women's thing. I don't know why. It must. I don't know where we thought that when we were younger. Yeah, I think that's that's they were saying. It's when you're coached at a younger age. Like I played with the boys, and we were taught how to punt kick, or sorry, to to hook kick and kick it off the instep. Yeah, you can tell that who's played with the boys when they were younger because they kick with their instep. Yeah, exactly. Would you do you think from a lady's perspective? Obviously, you've played with the boys. I played with the boys. I see the benefit of playing with with the boys at underage levels. I think girls should really try, and it's something I've seen. Yeah. It's great to see so many younger girls playing. And the reason why I played with the boys was there was no younger girls team, but I think that that still should be encouraged that girls do play with the boys. What would be your your take on that? Yeah, um, I would agree because. Um, yeah, I loved playing with the boys when I was younger and you can kind of tell, you know, when you're eight or nine who has played with the boys and who hasn't. Um, it is great to see the younger girls having teams for themselves and there's probably girls that wouldn't play if they were had to play with the boys. 
Um, so I don't know. There's probably an argument for both cases, but I think mixing them, like mixing young boys and girls playing sport, um, for as long as possible would definitely be beneficial for everyone. Bit of interest. You you injured your you did your ACL. Um, how disappointing is that after having such a phenomenal year? Um, coming into twenty twenty two, obviously you wanted to build on that season as a team and individually. How big of a disappointment was that for you individually? I yeah, know it was it was very very tough. <laughs> it's very hard to take. I don't know if it's even really sunk in yet. <laughs> but how are you, how are you finding the recovery so far and being kind of on the sideline watching the, your teammates? Um yeah, it's it's tough, <laughs> but um it's nice to be there for the girls. I missed the first league match because I'd gotten surgery the day before. Um, so it's nice now to be able to be around the girls and to be honest yeah you're quite like busy with the recovery as well and stuff like that so it's not like I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs but uh, yeah I know it is yeah I've heard the particularly ACL recovery it's kind of like not a full-time job but it's like a part-time job yeah, with all the stuff you have very to do time-consuming. very time-consuming well not really yet for me I'm still at the start so still doing the small stuff but yeah once it gets going I think it's fairly intense <laughs> have you read um Bernard Brogan's book out of interest no I well worth it he goes a lot into his injury about his ACL I think he'll really enjoy it yeah and he kind of bases the book not around the injury but it's kind of like he's ta- the main chapters are you know those those last two years and he kind of looks back yeah so I definitely recommend it um yeah, I give that yeah. A we've mentioned the kicking um for ladies football, what strides would you, like, would you like to see the game make um, over the next five or ten years? Obviously, the support has been phenomenal and little coming on board and the difference in attendance even, obviously, before COVID. But what would you like to see the game uh, improve on and make strides with? Um, Yeah, like it's come on so far and, you know, you can watch every match is like available to watch every weekend, which is brilliant. Um, it'd be nice, I suppose, to, to set like to see Croke Park set out um on All Ireland Final Day. Even like um the All Ireland Final this year, like the the um the atmosphere was amazing. You know, it was like noticeably different from other years. So I think if we could grow on that and look at selling out Croke Park, that'd be phenomenal. When you go back to twenty ten and that Dublin Tyrone game and now the hill is open, it just shows how big of a jump it's made in eleven years. It's scary yeah, to think. It's huge. I think it will happen. I just don't know how long it'll take for the for Crow Park to sell out eventually. Yeah. You'd love to see it though. Yeah, absolutely. Um you're not retiring yet and I'm not gonna retire you soon, but out of interest when you do hang up the boots, um what type of player would you like to be remembered for? Um player with a good work ethic. Like that works hard. Brilliant. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned from sports so far? Oh, um, got so many, so many lessons. I suppose resilience. You know, like, like in a smaller sense. You know, if you miss a free, having to, you know, take the next one and just try forget about it. And then obviously injuries and losses and stuff like that. You know, to learn how to deal with them. <laughs> totally. Who would be your toughest opponent so far? Who's been, just been stood out for you, do you think, at club or county level? Um, Sarah Jane Winders from Wicklow. I always say her as my toughest opponent. As we played, there was a while there, we played Wicklow a few times and she's just a brilliant, brilliant defender and is always right there beside you. <laughs> uh, would you rather make the winning score or the winning block? Um. Winning block. I love making a good block because I don't do it very often. <laughs> what real changes would you like to see in the game? Uh, that's a bit of a controversial one, but is there anything you'd like to see from? You can take it from any sport. Yeah, a bit more, bit more physicality, like a sh- like a shouldering being allowed and stuff like that. 
and um, it's currently fairly non-contact even though it is <laughs> there is a good does be a good bit of contact so yeah a bit like a bit more physicality like you would just like to see it a bit more free-flowing and let the, like the shouldering go and stuff like that if there's any younger listeners um is there a particular checklist you'd like to see uh, or is there a particular checklist to become an inter-county footballer um no I, I don't think so I feel like you know, if you work hard enough and work on your skills and stuff like that, um, I feel like anybody could could make it. Um, but obviously it depends on the county. But um, yeah, just work hard and enjoy it as well. I wouldn't place too much emphasis on your enjoyment of the sport, on how you achieve or whether you've made this team or not. Um, because then at the end of the day, you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy yourself, and that's why we play football. Brilliant. Um. AFLW has become very big, particularly for Irish players. Is that something potentially, obviously, you're injured at the moment, but down the line, is have you interest in AFLW? Do you find yourself watching it much? Is it something you'd like to maybe try at some point? Um, I've actually watched a bit of it this year for the first time. Yeah, well, like it's interesting. I don't, I definitely don't really understand the rules at the moment, but um, it looks, yeah, it looks good. Definitely would prefer Gaelic football, but. Uh, yeah, very good. I'm going to move on to sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. Uh, question one: What is your favorite quote? Um, I wouldn't be mad for inspirational quotes, but um, I like that like you miss a hundred percent the shots that you don't take. So as a forward, obviously, you know sometimes yeah, we don't take shots just because you're afraid you're going to miss. So brilliant. Question two: What's been the best sporting event you've been to? And you can pick one as a fan and one as a player. Oh, um, as a fan, the All Ireland final last year, I just thought like I was on the edge of my seat. I like I wasn't even up for any team, but I just was up shouting because it was such a. Um, as a player, like the county final this year was really really good. Um, because there was a huge support from the club. Um, and it was in a good pitch that had a stand, which was nice. So, yeah, and it, yeah. Question three: What's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career, and how did you react to it? Well, <laughs> like doing my ACL, what, seven weeks ago. Um, so I think I've reacted fairly well. But uh, come back to me in eight months, <laughs> I'll let you know. Question four, what's been your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Um, so biggest achievement uh, on the pitch would be winning junior player of the year last year. And um, just be voted by the players that you're playing against. And then the fact that we didn't, like we weren't in the All-Ireland final and usually it's someone um, from those teams. So that was huge huge achievement I was delighted with that question five looking back what advice would you give your 18 year old self you're only 22 so but yeah <laughs> don't have to look back that far um I don't know probably just to enjoy it as much as you can because like even now looking back well I don't know what was going on when I was 18 but um just to like enjoy the enjoy every training session and um, I was actually at a talk the other day. Tom Parson said, "You know, um, play every game as if it's your last," which I think is really good because, like, I know I will be back playing football in eight or nine months, or whatever. But, you know, I can't even remember, you know, what happened in my last match, and I wish I had appreciated as much as I wish, you know, I could play now. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a bad memory then of games when you're playing? Do you find afterwards you just can't really remember anything? Yeah. Oh, I never remember anything happens in them. I usually, if I can, I'd watch the game again if it's. It has been videoed because I can never remember. Yeah, that's fair. Have you picked up? Have you picked up much from watching yourself back? Is it obviously the first time? It's probably a bit strange, but do you find it helpful to kind of see yourself? And have you picked it anything in particular? Yeah, um, I would all like I, if I could. I, I always would 
um, look to watch the games back and I love getting feedback and videos and stuff. Um, I don't know what the, mo the most I've learned is probably that I used to always turn to one side or you can kind of see yourself doing the same things over and over again, which obviously if someone is going to study you, then they'll see that. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most that I've learned. Uh, question six, who would be your dream dinner guest and why? You can open up the table to a few people if you want. Um, yeah, um, probably Cora Staunton. I'd love to, <laughs> to have her dinner. Um, I read her book and it's very interesting and you know, it's obviously... You know, she's a phenomenal athlete and brilliant footballer. Final question before I let you go. If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Uh, the Climb. Love it. Kleena, thanks William for joining me on the podcast. I'll be sure to leave all your social media links in the description box below. And thanks again. Very best of luck with your recovery. Thanks a Thank big thank you Kleena for joining me on the podcast today to mark the first edition of our brand new short form interview series checking in if you are enjoying the content i'd really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review over on apple Podcasts and spotify as it does help the show grow don't forget to follow us on instagram and tiktok at the sideline live and check out our website thesidelinelive.com for more